Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined uh, by nobody this week. <laughs> um, Comrade is actually uh, unavailable this week. His computer uh, is in the shop for repairs, totally crapped out on him. Um, so, And I didn't have time to, to get a fill-in, so I am going to do a solo show. Um, I believe this is the first solo show I've done. I mean, certainly the first in the in the modern uh move left idiots era uh i think i did one like way way back and it was was probably a train wreck so hopefully this one goes a little bit better but uh yeah you know i so i just wanted to make sure you know i I thought about maybe skipping the episode for a week but uh i wanted to make sure we at least uh touched on some of the the big happenings of the week because a lot happened this week um and and i wanted to make sure i commented on a little bit of it at least uh, so yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, uh, but, well, because there, you know, there's a tragedy this week and I, and I do feel like we need to, uh, <laughs> report on it. Um, there was a big space launch this week, uh, planned, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos and his, uh, blue origin, uh, penis shaped space rocket. were planning on taking off, um, from Texas this week and, uh, Unfortunately, the rocket did not explode on, on the on the launch pad. It, it went smoothly. He 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 took off and and like sort of went into space. Not even, I mean, he went into like low fucking orbit. Like I don't even know, you know, how they can can say that that was going to space. But uh, it, it's just really, it, it's preposterous. It's gross. Uh, this is paid for by him not paying any fucking taxes and paying his employees slave wages and uh, working them to death and working them so hard that they have to piss in bottles um, in order to not get fired. And it's just like it, he literally is the, the richest man in the world or the second richest man in the world, I guess, now behind Elon Musk um, and just has no fucking clue what to do with his money. Like, gee, what should I do with my 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 absurd cartoon levels of wealth? Uh, that I have, should I pay my employees a fucking wage as, as a, you know, mild compensation for all of the labor that I've exploited out of them to build this fucking obscene empire that I sit atop of? No, you know, I think I'll just take like a little, uh, plane ride into, into sort of the upper atmosphere (laughs) for a few minutes and, and, you know, spend a billion dollars on it or whatever the fuck it costs, um, I assume it costs something in that range because he, one of the people on the on the flight were, was this kid that paid like twenty eight million dollars for a ticket, uh, who was replacing another uh, kid who had paid like similar to that. He won an auction for the seat, um, but couldn't make it through scheduling conflicts because you know when you have that much money, you, you know it's like ah oh, shit. You know I really would love to go to outer space, but I gotta I got a thing. I got you know I I can't make it this week so. Um, just, and, and just think about that the next time you're, you know, looking at your bank account and looking at your bills coming up and being like, oh, fuck, I don't know, uh, if this, if this is going to make it. And you wonder why people are so fucking infuriated and want to string Jeff Bezos up by his fucking neck. You know, that's it, again, it, it's just, it's obscene, but I want to play some, <laughs> some audio of him because he's either like really leaning into his heel supervillain, like comically evil persona or he's the least self-aware man in the world because the shit he was saying uh, uh, when he got back uh, is just really fucking infuriating 
in, in the press in these fawning uh, interviews. Uh, so here, I'm going to play a couple of things. Uh, a couple of the great ideas that Jeff Bezos had while he was floating around in the sort of vacuum of fucking space. We're building infrastructure. This is a road. We're building a road to space so that future generations can build the future. We live on this beautiful planet. It's the most beautiful planet in the solar system by far. And we have to keep it safe and protect it. And the way to do that is slowly over decades to move all heavy industry, all polluting industry out into space. That's what we're going to do so we can keep this planet the gym that it is. But to do that, we need reusable spacecraft. We need low-cost spacecraft. And to get that, we've got to practice. Got to start and that's here. what this tourism mission is about. So uh, for people that haven't seen this clip, by the way, uh, he, he's dressed like – he looks like such a fucking buffoon. I mean, it's, it's George Bush in the flight suit levels of comical – cosplay to, to, to try to pretend that he's like this fuck he's wearing he, i mean he looks like tommy lee jones and fucking space cowboys he's wearing this like 10 gallon hat he's got the blue spacesuit on now i had never heard him talk before i i was unaware that jeff bezos talks like uh, a fucking extra from point break like oh well bro you know we gotta go to sp-. like i've never heard him talk but god damn like <laughs> what a fucking idiot um he sounds like uh and but beyond just beyond the superficial um this is like the the ultimate like dumb guy idea, and this is again I, I I talk about this all the time about the lack of actual meritocracy in this country and how just you know if you're if you're enough of a bastard and enough of a piece of shit and you have some startup capital you can too become billionaire um, if you just really don't give a shit about crushing people uh, and and stepping on their corpses as you you know ascend the ladder. Um, Jeff Bezos is not a smart guy. I mean this is an i this is the idea of a fucking idiot. Oh man, you know it's it's super polluted down here. So like, why don't we just send all the polluted stuff up to space, and then uh, then then the planet will be all better. You know, nothing nothing that nothing about the fact that the planet already has more carbon in it and more carbon stored in the ground that we're releasing, um, to to melt the world six times over. Nothing about that. Nothing about the fact that to actually b- ship, you know, all these polluting, uh industries up to space would would put you know 50,000 times the amount of fucking carbon that's in the air that uh, you know currently just to get these things up into space and then presumably they would need to be brought down from space um to to you know to if there were industries where it's a, a, a you know a polluting industry that produces something those uh materials would need to be brought back in He's a fucking idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Your spaceship doesn't run on electricity. It's a fucking rocket fuel, uh, you know, fueled rocket. Like, it's a rocket. Like, yeah, great. It's reusable. So you're not scrapping the, you know, you're not tossing it into space, but you still need fucking fuel to get it up and down. Like, it's it's preposterous. It's a preposterous, idiotic notion from someone who knows fuck all uh, and lucked into his fucking fortune has maintained it by being the most... D- disgusting scumbag on the planet refusing to pay taxes you know rigging the system so that he's been able to accumulate this disgusting wealth and this is the kind of ideas that people want you to believe are the are the reason that he's as as wealthy as he is it's it's fucking preposterous um and it's obscene but uh, there's another clip um which which actually you know I, this and this is why I lean towards I think he knows what he's doing and he's just leaning into the the supervillain role, because uh, j- just listen to this interview that he did in this press conference, um, and there's just a st- short segment of it, but just 
he can't be this fucking dumb. He's got to know what he's doing. And then I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. And- you hear that, guys? That that you you, you know you, when you, when you're in the warehouse and you're running between between bays and you're pissing in bottles so that you don't miss your your wait time, you don't miss your your time uh, schedule, so that you don't get fired because I'm sure you get fired after you miss it like twice or some shit like that. Um, it, it, you know, as you're as you're using your your bracelet that tracks your movements in the warehouse and the thermal heat imaging that makes sure that nobody's unionizing in his warehouses. Um, you, you help pay for this. I hope you know you help pay for his fucking vanity little space jaunt. So um, you know, I'm sure you feel real appreciated if you're an Amazon employee. It, it's it's fucking obscene. It's it's obscene. It's disgusting. Um, but it's you know, like I said, it's what I expect from from a, a, a massive piece of shit like Jeff Bezos. He just is 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 so unself aware and just so comically evil. Um, and and the the worst thing was just the media coverage of of this 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 space vanity project um because you know look i i love space travel uh comrade does too like we talk about it a lot we had we've had uh astro astro astronomers not astrologer excuse me, i know there's a big difference we had an astronomer on the podcast we we asked her a million questions about space like we were both endlessly fascinated with the topic uh as are most americans and i think you know there's a lot of Americans uh, in the Jeff Bezos age range who grew up when it was a very nationalistic, patriotic, oh, we got to beat the Ruskies, we got to beat the commies to space, like that shit. Now, I'm lucky in that I grew up after that, so I don't have that idiotic l- method of thinking. I have been able to study at the altar of people like Carl Sagan, who, you know, a- approached uh, space travel and, and just science in general with a much more humanistic approach um, and just it just had a really beautiful way of phrasing things and a beautiful way of uh, looking at space travel and the future of humanity and, and, and our place in the universe and you know the whole thing about the pale blue dots just just great um, a great representative for science and for, for, for space travel and I, I really got to think he'd be rolling over in his fucking grave if he saw what people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk who claims to worship the guy were doing in his name because if there was anything that uh, Carl Sagan uh, wasn't, he wasn't a fucking capitalist. Like he was not a ruthless capitalist that wanted to just to to commodify space, and that's really at the at the root of this. What Jeff Bezos wants to do, but so now the the longer point I was trying to make is that the the coverage of this space travel uh, expedition was just so fawning. I mean, you really, you know, again, I, we joke about it all the time, but people, the countries with state media marvel at the uh, obediency of our corporate media, which is, you know, effectively just state media. I mean, it runs the same way because our state is run by corporations and is stocked with people that are put into those seats by corporations. So it really effectively uh, works the same way. But, I mean, just fawning coverage, almost no negative coverage whatsoever, just really gross um, and, a, and a, a bleak chapter in space travel, and I really hope this is not a trend. Um, I'm sure these people will continue to do their, you know, their their vanity space flights. I mean, obviously Richard Branson took like a space plane, you know, sort of into the outer atmosphere uh, the uh, last week, uh, and same same sort of deal. Um, and 
again, this I, I hope that if people are like, oh, hopefully this will renew public interest in space travel. And I'm like, yeah, I hope so. And I hope they realize that we shouldn't be leaving space travel in the hands of a bunch of fucking megalomaniacal, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, maniac billionaire uh, capitalist vultures who, who just want to commodify space. This should be in the hands of NASA, the uh, government... Uh, government uh, agency bureau whatever you want to call it uh that doesn't it, it's the only and i'm and you know and i'm sure people will be like oh they, they've helped the military but they're the only uh government uh, organization that's not uh, who who deals in <clears throat> space travel and flight or you know any kind of any kind of a mission-based objective whose mate whose mission isn't uh combat they're they're not they're not a you know military uh, active, active branch, which is why they had to create the the fucking space force. Um, but but that's you know they're 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 really a science based uh, a federal you know bureau, whatever you want to call it. And and I I really uh, would love to see a renewal in funding to NASA and and renewal in interest in that kind of manned space travel and and in the. Uh, in the interests of advancing our understanding of the universe and in, in the interests of, you know, humanity. So I, I really hope that that's what this, this sparks, but uh, you know, <laughs> again, this is America where this, the fucking state media, which is, you know, at the, at the fucking mercy of capital just uh, pushes whatever narrative that capital wants. And then, you know, by and large, the American people, whether consciously or subconsciously absorb that and that just becomes the narrative going forward. So I really hope that's not the case, but we'll see. Um, moving on, though, I want to talk about AOC a little bit because she had a fucking week uh, of just really uh, a very revealing week. Um, and I'm, I'm just purely talking about foreign policy stuff because there was something about, you know, the last night or the night before about... Um, uh, like someone was spreading that she you know, like didn't own the bar like there's some some scuttlebutt about her owning uh the bar that she worked at and you know it, it turns out it's probably not true but it, and again I, I really at the end of the day don't really care about that i think the most important thing uh is that she's really revealed who she is like and she is just really you know, I, I don't know if she's an airhead or if she's just a disgusting, gross imperialist, but she's certainly um, behaving like an imperialist. So I, I do want to read a couple of things um, from this week. Now, we've, of course, talked about the uh, Cuba situation and the, the, the manufactured uh, Cuban, uh, you know, protests and the, this kind of uprising against the communist Cuban government, which is, you know, being spurred by the... CIA and by all the the useful idiots here in America who who you know pirate the CIA narrative on that, um, and uh, you know I really expected better of, of as as little as I expect of people like Bernie and AOC I really still expected better of them and we talked extensively last week about why this is bullshit and why the embargo is the defining factor of why there's any unrest in Cuba right now. Um, by the way, I learned in the past week that people, that economists have estimated that the embargo, the U.S. embargo in the last 60 years has cost Cuba $1.5 trillion in, in revenue, just, just in terms of 
not being able to trade um, with U.S. trading partners. So if you're going to tell me that that doesn't affect a small country like Cuba, you're, out of your, you're, you're fucking lying through your teeth. And again, we mentioned last week that the only reason that the embargo was put in place is because the Cuban people uh, didn't want to let the U.S. control their fucking oil fields because the U.S. installed a puppet dictator and then bought, quote-unquote, the oil fields from that puppet dictator who they fucking installed through violent regime change. So it's just, you know, we're punishing them for actually wanting to control their country after we fucked around with them and, and you know, d destroyed their fucking country. But um, I want to read out a statement from AOC on the demonstrations in Cuba because she tweeted this out um, in chunks and then deleted it because she was getting brutalized um, under the, in the replies, especially under the first tweet, because of the way she starts this is so atrocious. Um, and she tweeted it in Spanish, but then, you know, obviously people were Google translating it. Um, so she tweeted it out as a full statement because she feel, feels like that's more clarifying. Um, and I'll read the full statement, you know, in fairness. But uh, again, this is how she tweeted it out in this exact order. <clears throat> uh, today, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez released the following statement on demonstrations in Cuba. <sighs> Quote, we are seeing Cubans rise up and protest for their rights like never before. <laughs> we stand in solidarity with them and we condemn the anti-democratic actions led by President Diaz-Canel. Uh, the suppression of the media, speech, and protest are all gross violations of civil rights. We also... After that fucking bullshit caveat. Uh, we also must name the U.S. contribution to Cuban suffering, our 60-year embargo. Last month, once again, the U.N. voted overwhelmingly to call on the United States to lift its embargo on Cuba. The embargo is absurdly cruel, and like too many, of, uh, like too many other U.S. policies targeting Latin Americans, the cruelty is the point. I outright reject Biden, the Biden administration's defense of the embargo. It is never acceptable for us to use cruelty as a point of leverage against everyday people. So after my, my CIA bullshit talking points that aren't even based in reality, uh, I, I'll, I'll you know, pay fealty to the fact that, oh, yeah, well, you know, we, did, we do have a 60-year embargo and it's really bad. But no, it's those anti-democratic... None of this is based on anything other than CIA propaganda. Like, again, there are democratic elections in Cuba. Like the, this idea that there's some like communist dictatorship is just Western fucking media propaganda. It, it, it's total propaganda. Uh, we detailed a little bit last week of how those elections work. Boots Riley actually has a really good tweet thread, which you should, which you should uh, check out before he de uh, deactivates his Twitter again, um, on how municipal elections work in Cuba. It's actually pretty remarkable. It's a lot more uh, democratic, I'd argue, than our fucking system. They actually were able to... Uh, vote on their constitution like at like four years ago the, the Cuban government the Cuban citizens seven million out of 11 million Cuban citizens voted uh, on 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 amendments and changes to their constitution um, when's the last time you in your lifetime were able to uh, affect anything in the in the primary governing document of, of our country the U.S. constitution um, I'm gonna gather to say never because it's literally never happened like it, it's just you know it's a far more democratic society than, than the United States, but of course we have to do projection and claim that they're, these ev they're this evil Cuba Cuban uh, communist dictatorship. Uh, and again, it has no basis in reality. So she 
uh, just, you know, she puts out these statements that are fucking backed with CIA talking points. It's the same fucking line you'll get out of, you know, a Nancy Pelosi minus the little mild crit- criticism of the Biden administration at the end. Um, and it, it, she's just trash. She's trash on foreign policy. She doesn't fucking know anything. Like, I, I saw some people passing around, like, funny videos. would be like, oh, here's AOC's most recent statement on foreign policy. And it was just really bad uh, Miss America answers when, when they ever, uh, you know, famously whenever on Miss America they would ask about foreign policy. Uh, some some uh, of the contestants knew what they were talking about, but uh, off, more often than not it was like, well, I really, uh, you know, it's just like really I think everyone should like uh, have freedom and, you know, like that sort of stuff. And that's really the level of um, knowledge that she brings to foreign policy. Another Example, in her own words, I'll, I'll let her t- uh, tell it to you. Um, so she was on uh, Democracy Now! this week, um, which really shows you uh, how, how much Democracy Now! has kind of uh, gone over into the mainstream because uh, she doesn't go on any leftist shows anymore. So you, that's a, it's a pretty good indicator of where Democracy Now! has positioned themselves. But um, she was on this week and she was asked about a potential U.S. invasion of Haiti because fucking the Biden administration, after for sure sending in the CIA to assassinate our puppet president, who probably wasn't doing what we wanted him to do anymore in Haiti, um, has has said that, you know, the ground troops are not off the table in Haiti. Like you, the, sending in fucking ground troops to Haiti is not off the table. So. This is this is her answer when asked about potential uh, troops uh, being sent, a U.S. invasion of Haiti. This is her this is her fucking brilliant answer. And see if you actually get an answer to the question whether or not she supports it. Now I think there are an enormous amount of concerns. I first of all applaud the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, but this is you know the intention of not of that is to not relocate. Uh, troops from Afghanistan to anywhere else. And I don't believe that that was the intention in withdrawal um, from the White House either. Uh, But this situation is extraordinarily delicate and extremely fragile. And I do not believe right now that the introduction of U.S. troops without, particularly without any sort of plan, uh, is sets any of any community, whether it's the U.S. or whether it is Haitians, up for success. I do believe that uh, with the assassination, the the people of Haiti and and the country is in a very delicate moment. uh, And our role should be in supporting a peaceful transition and a peaceful uh, democratic process uh, for selecting a new leader. Um, and avoiding any sort of violence, but particularly uh, in really carrying any, uh, you know, supporting any due process for justice here in the United States for any actors that may have been complicit on U.S. soil. So, you know, uh, just a bunch of fucking qualifiers and weasel words. She does. She thinks it would be bad right now to do it. Um, and to do it without any sort of plan. This is this this is direct quotes from uh, from her. Um, but it's just word salad, mealy mouth nonsense. Like you know, n- like you you can't go on Democracy Now of all places and say, well, clearly the CIA fucking sent somebody. I mean, <laughs> should I say fucking? But clearly the CIA was sent in to to assassinate the Haitian president. Um, 
to further our efforts and we need to stop meddling in in Latin American countries and in these countries where we have no business being and we have no business dictating how that they're going to uh, you know, how they're going to govern their country and how they're going to govern their natural resources, which is really the reason we're in most of these countries. Um, but she can't say that. She's got to do weasel words. She's got to, you know, make sure that she shows deference to the Biden administration because at the end of the day, we know Joe Biden is signing off on these things. Like, these things are not happening, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, come on, man. What do you mean you, you killed the president of Haiti? You, you don't think that was run... Uh, past his desk, like, give me a fucking break. You're, you're a fucking child if you don't think that, that was the case. So, you know, it, it, it's really just disappointing and, and disgusting, but uh, she, she's just, I, I think people need to, I, there's just such a reflexive need to defend her still in left circles, and I don't get it. Um, she's revealed herself to be who she is. Like, she is, you know, a, a younger version of Elizabeth Warren or Nancy Pelosi. Like she just is a career. Uh, she's a careerist. She has uh, career ambitions and she wants to obtain higher office and she will say and do whatever she needs to, to get there. And whoever she needs to fluff in the meantime, she's fine doing it. She doesn't want to ruffle feathers. She knows all the words and knows all the phrases of, of, you know, revolution and of uh, progressive and, and radical politics. But she, doesn't really believe in any of them. I, I, I'm convinced at this point. And, and you know, I, I think the uh, lack of any discussion about Medicare for all from her in the last eight, eight, you know, six to eight months or, you know, however long Biden's been in office is a really good indicator of that because you, you think like that's something you'd be pushing for constantly at the top of your lungs with this huge platform that she has, but just nothing about it. So, you know, AOC has revealed herself to be who she is, and I'm fucking done, you know, ever giving her the benefit of the doubt on anything. Um, and I, I do hope that we get to a point where the rest of the left can can join us on the on on that side of the fence because I just think it's 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 so transparent who she is and what her function is um, in terms of in terms of trying to you know stifle. Uh, the, the rage from the left towards the, you know, towards the Democratic Party um, at large. So speaking of the Democratic Party at large and people that were considered to be on the left or at least, quote unquote, progressive <laughs> up until recently, Ro Khanna has really been shit um, the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, the, he may have done his most like, uh, I think he overplays his hand a little bit this week because... I don't think people realize how bad he was and, and, and you know, it, in some circles at least, but he really stepped in the shit this week because just unprovoked, you know, out of nowhere, it wasn't being talked about or anything. He tweeted this out. Um, Bill Crystal is one of the most thoughtful voices in defending liberalism and democratic institutions in our country. Learned a lot in our conversation about shaping an inclusive narrative around American patriotism. I was a strong and early critic of the war in Iraq, and Crystal and I have very different worldviews on foreign policy. But to have discussion about strengthening liberalism and liberal institutions with people you disagree with is, in my view, needed in a pluralistic democracy. So I guess apparently he had lunch with, with Bill Crystal um, for some fucking reason. Bill Crystal, one of the chief propagandists of the Bush administration leading in, into the war in Iraq, who still publicly stated that the war in Iraq was the right thing to do in 2016. Um, 
this apparently is a big believer in liberal democracy. And look, I I, I, I can't fault Rokana because uh, Bill Kristol is for sure um, in line with mainstream liberal discourse in 2021. Like this is who liberals are. This is who the Democratic Party has become. They've become a party welcoming to pro-war fucking capitalist lunatics like the like the Bushes of the world and the Bill Crystals of the world and you know all of the other never Trump uh, Republicans you know the, pushing that gimmick um, and and it's just really disgusting. Um, Bill Crystal came up with the axis of evil like he literally came up with that that um, that that talking point. I mean he's directly responsible along with Cheney and Rumsfeld and all the other fucking ghouls and demons in that administration for for the push and the, the, the bombardment, uh, of, on, on the media airwaves that led to the public support initially for the Iraq invasion. Um, so yeah, I, it's just preposterous. If I, if I was at a dinner table with Bill Crystal, I'd stab him with a fucking fork. Like I wouldn't have a conversation about liberal democracy with him, but you know, I guess, I guess me and Rokan are just built differently. So I, you know, I don't have much else on that. I just really wanted to touch on that uh, briefly. And, uh, briefly before we get out before before I get out of here, <laughs> I wanted to touch on um, it's a lot harder to do a one person show. Your voice really it wears on you a lot more when you don't have breaks in between. I mean, I could stop and edit this, but I I, 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 I think the show really works better when it flows as as a you know as like a straight up conversation as a normal stream of consciousness narrative. So I don't like to do that. But um, in any event, the last story I want to touch on real quick is. Uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, um, who, you know, as far as corporations go, uh, all corporations are evil. I mean, all corporations suck. Ben and Jerry's has done a lot of, uh, shady shit, um, also, but they're also considerably better than a lot of other companies. Uh, you know, the, the two founders, Ben and Jerry famously supported Bernie, uh, in 2016 and 2020, and they've both been fairly good, at least, you know, uh, they're, they're more of like the Mark Ruffalo type progressive than like a standard garden variety corporate liberal. I mean, again, you know, the, the, the bounds of that only go so far. Um, and when you're in a capitalist society and you're you're the owner of a big company, at the end of the day, your your leftism is only going to go so far. But um, they, they made a move this week, which was controversial, uh, and this is from the AP headline. The Ben & Jerry says it will no longer sell its ice cream in the West Bank and in East Jerusalem. It's seen as one of the most high-profile rebukes by a well-known company of Israel's policy. Uh, <laughs> I I, okay, I'm sorry. I, sorry to pause, but I forgot that the reason I, sl I highlighted this Associated Press tweet is because it has one of the most absurd closing lines in the history of of reporting. It's one of the, the most ridiculous ways to frame this situation. Um, it's seen as one of the uh, highest profile rebukes by a well-known company of Israel's policy of settling its citizens on war one lands sought by Palestinians. <laughs> war one lands sought by Palestinians. You know, like their homes, like their home, their ancestral fucking homes. Like that's, that's a war one land that's sought by Palestinians. Um, so fuck you, you fucking scumbag, whoever wrote that headline and that tweet at the, at the AP. Um, but, no, but ultimately, so the, the, the crux of the story is that Ben and Jerry's is not going to sell their ice cream in the occupied territories anymore, which is great. I, and I applaud them for doing that. Now there's in that article, it still says they still plan on selling ice cream in Israel. Um, 
through a different arrangement, whatever. It's you know they're gonna they're gonna figure out a way to still make money because that's what it's all about. But um, you know this is the closest you'll see so far from a U.S. a major U.S. company um, at least doing some partial form of of BDS boycotts, divestments, and sanctions. And actually, you know the BDS movement when it uh, at least you know ten years ago or so. I think was initially, and you know, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do remember like looking into it a lot when I first learned about it and was like, oh, what is this? Um, initially said, like, don't buy products that were made in occupied territories. Like, I, it, 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 I don't think the, the economic, and I'm sure there were differences, but like, you know, the official BDS movement organization, which is like an org separate from the actual concept of just BDS in general. Um, it was saying like, don't buy from anyone who makes products in the occupied territories. Um, so I, at least in the spirit of that, or, that limited scope, they are actually participating in BDS. So that's great. And I hope that that is the first step in spurning a larger conversation about boycotting the entire country of Israel and their, and their, uh, exports, um, until justice is served to the Palestinians. They're giving their fucking land back. Uh, so, you know, uh, conservatives predictably uh, had a fucking meltdown about this. You know Ben Shapiro, uh, Eve Bartlow, like just the, 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 just you know Eve Bartlow tweeted something like, "Well, uh, anyone who's older than twelve years old knows that Ben and Jerry's ice cream sucks anyway." You know she's sobbing over her last pint of Rocky Road that she'll ever be able to order her fish food or whatever. Um, it's preposterous. And Ben and Jerry's is fucking great ice cream. You know they they. Um, just purely from a taste point of view, you know, like I, I really love their fucking salted caramel core ice cream. Just they, they make good shit. Um, my only complaint, and this is my own fucking hang up because I don't like chocolate, uh, which I think I, I don't know if I ever revealed on the show before. But yeah, I, I don't eat any chocolate of any kind, <laughs> uh, which I know is a weird thing. But uh, it, it, I, I, Ben and Jerry's is very. Um, they're, they're very chocolate partisan, so, like, it's very hard to find any flavor that doesn't have chocolate in it. Like, you look through the ice creams, you're like, oh, Cherry Garcia, that sounds good. It's cherry uh, ice cream, and, oh, there's chocolate fudge in it. And it's like, oh, here's, uh, you know, this cookie dough or, you know, caramel cookie batter or whatever. Oh, but there's chocolate pieces. Like, there's always chocolate in their fucking ice cream. But there's, like, a couple that are good that they don't put chocolate in. So, you know, good shit. Um in any event, you know, I, I, I think it's a good move. I think, you know, I, I personally think it doesn't go far enough, but I'm not going to hammer them because they could have done nothing. Um, and this is certainly something. So I do hope that this is the start of a trend of, of, of a lot more and, a lot, and of companies realizing that you look like a scumbag and you're going to be on the wrong side of history in 20 years uh, if, you, if you were doing business and supporting an apartheid regime. The same way people look back uh, on people <laughs> supporting the the apartheid South African um, government uh, as like wow you, that's really fucked up, and which includes the United States by the way who supported the apartheid South African government for years until the pressure was just so great that they had to uh, you know p- pretend wag their finger at South Africa. So, you know, same with Thatcher. It's uh, just um, so yeah, you know. It, it, it was really funny though because you know conservatives whenever they do a boycott of a company that does anything whether it's you know for genuine reasons or for just you know good PR um, because you know faux inclusivity and faux deference to 
left, you know, ideals is always good for PR lately. Um, liberals had a meltdown and, and just posted pictures of thrown out, you know, half-eaten uh, cartons or, or gallons or whatever of, of Ben and Jerry's. And it's like, great. You really showed them by throwing away the thing you already bought. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's hilarious. I, nothing will ever be funnier than the Keurig, uh, the Keurig uh, boycott. Because the, the, I, I don't even remember what the fuck Keurig did, but they did something that pissed off conservatives. So you'd see a bunch of conservatives just, you know, throwing their Keurigs out their 10-story window or smashing them with hammers. And it's like, great, you just smashed a $150, $200 coffee maker that you wasted money on, which is terrible for the fucking environment, by the way, that those little Keurig pods are, you know, completely plastic and totally fucking, you know, one-time single-use plastics. It's like you're using a single-use, at least one single-use plastic a day. It's super bad for the environment and they do make they do now make reusable keurig pods so i mean if you have one and you use one of those it's it's the same as using a real coffee maker um but uh it, it, it was just hilarious to see them smashing the thing that they've already paid this country company hundreds of dollars for and now they got to go out and buy a new coffee maker so whatever bro uh you know it, it, so again uh that i just wanted to highlight that um i think that about does it for us this week uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I believe we'll be at full capacity because I think Comrade's getting his computer back later this week. Um, so we'll have a full show for you and hopefully some interesting news to talk about. But even if we don't, uh, we'll, we'll we'll find some shit to, to, to babble about for an hour like we did last week. Um, whatever, you know, Netflix horror movies we watched or whatever. Um, yeah, so that, that does it for us this week. Um, if you want to help the show, rate, review, and subscribe. Wherever you get this podcast, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, uh, patreon.com slash move left. We have merch available at uh, tinyurl.com slash move left pod, facebook.com slash move left idiots. I am on Twitter at move underscore left, comrades on Twitter at bike slutty, uh, and we will see you next week. Yeah.